welcome to the Lost World Minute, the Minute by Minute podcast with the 1997 sequel to Jurassic Park, One Minute Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're discussing Minute 34 of the Lost World. Dave, filming in Hawaii has wrapped. Yes, it has. It's really wrapped on Friday, I believe, and so we've gotten set pictures out from Real News Hawaii and Jurassic Outposts, and I think even Sci-Fi, or Sci-Fi um, made a post about it. It was, these pictures came out of... Owen, Chris Pratt's, and um, Bryce Dallas Howard's new costumes. They're both wearing a bit darker versions of their previous costumes. Bryce Dallas Howard especially. Hmm. She's um, wearing like these kind of safari khakis. And Owen's vest is a bit more rugged now. It's got new doodads all over it, new pockets. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not really spoiled. It, it's been posted up on local news sites and that as well. Um yeah. Even TV news, they they shut off a section of highway uh, on the coast where they uh, had a big crane with a filming cage in that, mm-hmm. um, filming this little cove where uh, our two heroes seem to wash ashore, well, they're in the water anyway, and come ashore on the beach. I have to love that uh, one of the main discussion points I'm seeing about it is the fact that Bryce is wearing boots and not high heels, which, <laughs> come on, seriously. Seriously. Did anybody really think they're going to make her wear high heels in this movie? Ah, oh, but just I know it's been done to death. There was a there was a case here, um, end of last year. A female police officer was out on uh, enjoying the night off duty. Someone came up. She was with a group of her friends, and someone came up and grabbed. I don't know if it was her or a friend's bag, handbag. Um, and she was in heels, and she chased him down. Nice. Um, which, when I heard that news, uh, that news come across the radio, I'm like, okay, that uh, that leaves me to have zero issue with that scene in that movie. Yeah, really. <laughs> so it's 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 uh, not petty. It's just um, it's just sad when you're looking at uh, little stuff like that to nitpick, mm-hmm. um, especially when there's other other issues. But it's like the smallest thing about the movie to nitpick about too. Yeah. No, we got the we got Bryce and Chris uh, Sokol went on the beach. What it does in the film is anyone's guess. Um, but this was the uh, this was officially the last thing shot. Now I think there was word there may be a couple of uh, reshoots done at the airstrip. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, pretty much everyone's uh, starting sets are getting packed up, um, or as as reported, torn down. Which I don't I don't like to use that word because that's <laughs> Bad. Um, oh, yeah, sad. Mm. I wonder what's going to happen to some of like the um, some of the props you've seen over in the uh, over in the valley there. I wonder what's going to happen to them if they're going to auction them off after the movie or something, or if they're just going to sit and rot in Universal's prop uh, studio. You know? Yeah, well, we know there's there's a handful of bunkers. It doesn't seem to be just a single bunker um, that's there, and it's all on the ranch, so. I'd hope they they kept the uh, Indominus Rex enclosure um, for the most part intact after well, the that, uh, film. That uh, I think they left because it's not only on a private ranch, but they give tours. Yeah. They give they give tours on that. Yeah, and some of the uh, footage we've been seeing coming out from the uh, production over there is from the uh, the ATV tour that goes past where the bunkers were built. So I'm hoping that they decide or let the ranch keep one of those at least there as well because it's just jurassic bunker 
It um, mm-hmm. it has that feel. It has that look. Um, yeah, it definitely has that kind of Jurassic look to it. That very utilitarian, bare concrete covered in vines and plants and stuff. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, you've um, you've been sharing some screen caps from the uh, unformatted. 35 millimeter print of Jurassic Park recently, and just seeing mm-hmm. like the maintenance building, um, the front of the emergency bunker, just sort of that architecture, um, yeah. back back in the spotlight again. It sort of it mm-hmm. does remind you a lot of what we're seeing from production, which is can be good, can be bad, but uh, we'll look at that in a few months' time when we start getting trailers and promotional stuff. Mhm. All right. Um, if that's it, we'll get into... Ready to get into minute 34? Sure. Rightio. As we enter the 33rd minute of the Lost World, we get a reveal of Roland Tembo telling Peter Ludlow to cancel the order for setting up base camp. As we start the 34th minute, Roland tells Ludlow that this is a game trail and that predators hunt on game trails. At 33 minutes and 10 seconds, Ludlow brings the microphone back to his mouth and says, let's find a new spot, shall we? Over and out. At 33 minutes and 14 seconds, Roland Tembo goes into one of the best monologues seen in film history. Ludlow sits and listens while he gets dressed down by the big white hunter. Roland discusses Dieter's in charge when he and RJ aren't around. His fee tells Ludlow to keep it, that he only wants the right to hunt one of the Trenosaurs, a buck, male only. Ludlow doesn't like that. He's been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. At 33 minutes and 51 seconds, Ludlow smiles and gives a thumbs up and replies, Okay. At 33 minutes and 52 seconds, we cut to a motorcycle on a Humvee, leaping into the air over a hidden obstacle. The Humvee crashes into the ground, seemingly out of action. At 33 minutes and 55 seconds, we cut and get a massive lens flare as the command jeep races into a herd of animals, running in fear. Over the radio, Roland calls for a cycle to break off a straggler from the herd and flush it to the right. And this ends minute 34 of The Lost World. Alright, Ludlow asking Roland why he's going to cancel his order. Um, I'm just going to play the whole audio section now. <laughs> Alright. Peter. If you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. Firstly, I'm in charge, and when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you need to do is sign the checks, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch when we have a good day. Second condition, my fee. You can keep it. All I want in exchange for my services is the right to hunt one of the Tyrannosaurs. A male. A buck only. How and why are my business. Now, if you don't like either of those two conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead. Set up base camp right here, or in a swamp, or in the middle of a wreck's nest, for all I care. But I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good speech. It's yeah. One of my favorites in the, uh, in the in movies in general. Roland just takes Ludlow and serves him his own ass on a silver platter. Yeah. It's great. Just says, you know what? Screw you. Screw Injun. Screw this whole project. I'm just here for my own gains, and I don't care what you have to say about that. And if you don't like it, screw you too. Yeah. He just <laughs> he just um <laughs> he just has this authority. Um, we'll get to mm-hmm. we'll get to uh, the Mombasa bar in a minute, but um, it just this because this is his introduction 
really in the film. Um, just no no nonsense. Um, he's he's done this hundreds of times before, as he says, with rich dentists, um, and he doesn't want to listen to any more suicidal ideas. It just says everything about him in yeah. a twenty-five second speech. Yeah, and I can just imagine being out on the African um, savanna, the high grasses there, and he's with some rich, rich dentist in a Hawaiian shirt and green shorts, and looks <laughs> just like he is now in on Isla Sorna. Like trying to blend in with the grass. Yep. And the rich dentist is standing there whistling, drunk, pop, maybe drunk. You know, <laughs> just being the worst possible sort of um, tourist you can imagine. You know. Yeah. And another interesting little flub here, and it's sort of it's hard not to <clears throat> not to notice, but while they're talking, you can clearly see roads that they're traveling on. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, you can bring that up. Yeah, and it's it's sort of it's easy to see, not so much mm-hmm. the road itself, but the fact they're talking and there's no no rough terrain or anything they're travelling over. Where you get you see exterior shots and the jeeps are bouncing all over the place. Well, the game trail area, Patrick's uh, point ceremonial rack there, is pretty flat in the first place, and I'll post a picture up yep. of where that is because it's it's a really beautiful spot. And you, I got some great pictures there. And the the road they're on, it takes you about thirty at the speed they're going. It they probably went they probably took two shots going along in the same direction along that road. Yeah. Because it would take them then thirty seconds. It's a very short road. Yep. And so another thing is that you can see that when they're behind them, when you look behind them, you can see the trees. And what's funny is right on the other side of the trees is where they're filming the um they're filming the work the uh, Hammond's team's camp encampment. Yeah, yeah, that's I remember that sort of scene when you posted up the uh, the base camp shots, um, sort of the non-used TV uh, screen stuff of that. <clears throat> um, you, you've pretty much got a line of trees on the side of uh, their base camp, and then that sort of opens out to this. This whole uh, open plane, mm-hmm. which is used for the game trail. Yeah, this whole section here is um, pretty much all done at Patrick at Patrick's Point State Park. We uh, right after this scene when they're looking when they're looking around and there's dinosaurs all over next to them. That's at the private ranch in Fieldbrook, California. Yep. But right now we're pretty much all at Patrick's Point. Yep. Yep. And I will uh, retract an earlier statement. We do see one road here, or in a future minute, with the uh, when the snaggers driving up to get the packy. It is clearly on a formed road, <laughs> but, um, but we can get to that in a future minute. Um, now, because uh, oh. I know that there's a there's like a um, there's like an off off road kind of like trail with tire tracks at the location now. Yeah. When you view the behind the scenes, I think they're still on. They're still like in the middle of the guy, the guy's backyard at Fieldbrook. Yep. Hmm. All right, uh, Mombasa. We um we talked about the boardroom scene when uh, we thought that come into it. We sort of skipped um, the cut scene of Roland's introduction, um, mm-hmm. which is a great introduction. It's probably one of my favorite introductions, if not my the best uh, of my favorite introductions. Around. 
Yeah, he's um he's just quietly having a drink at a bar. Um, mm-hmm. Again, rich, all um, irritating white pe- white men in there drinking mm-hmm. heavily, um, getting rowdy, annoying the bar staff. RJ, he can smell RJ's cologne from a mile yeah. away. Um, yeah. Either so, either RJ is um, just putting it on too heavily, or Roland just has that good of a nose. You yeah. Know? Yep. And as he said, it's the same. It's the same cologne he sends him every Christmas. So he's um, he definitely knows the scent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get that they start talking about uh, an expedition to Costa Rica. Um, he's not interested in it at all. Um, no, he just he's... wants to sit up in uh, Mombasa, eat his lunch, and read his paper. That's pretty much what he was doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. He um, he says to RJ, "You go up to my ranch. You have a look around the trophy wall and tell me why." Wild one of what quarry would draw me to uh, another expedition, um, mm-hmm. but before that's after he punches the guy out. The uh, that's great. <laughs> the great scene. I could uh, uh-huh. take you out with a hand behind the back, and um, mm-hmm. he starts. I meant my hand, and then he just yeah. straight out <laughs> his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. The the white guy's sitting there. Watching Roland get his arm tied behind his back, he's like, "You old <laughs> stupid old man!" I meant my hand, and then he just turns around, doesn't even give him a chance, just turns around, and clocks yeah. him in the jaw. RJ says, um, "You're doing it for fun, aren't you?" That bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, another thing I do like about the scene is it kind of shows Roland's nobility in the idea that not only is he doing it to protect the waitress, but then he turns to RJ and says. We were that he got bored with hunting simply because they were too good. Yeah. He likes he likes the idea of the chase. The, he likes the idea of it being uh, difficult for him, mm. and it just became too easy for him, and that's why he got bored with it and stopped doing it. Yeah. That's that's great because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of hunters out there that frankly, and this is and this is just me speaking as a hunter myself. There's a lot of people out there that I think hunt and do it just for the idea of having something to mount on their wall. They don't do it for the enjoyment. They don't do it for to be kind of one with nature, which is what I like to do when I go hunting. They just kind of do it, come on, what's the fastest, best way I can shoot something and shoot something fast, you know? Yeah, well, we have a similar thing here. We've got a lot of uh, fellow deer in the mountains. And um, mm-hmm. even my brother, and he got a, um, a nice rack last weekend. And so he'd, he'd go up and park early on a Saturday morning, um, mm-hmm. and he'd probably walk 10, 10 miles, like up all all on foot, just walking through the bush, um, hunting, hunting deer, um, mm-hmm. and was able to get a kill shot. Now, that's, it's like playing the poker machines, that's, or gambling, it's, that's the one win out of probably a thousand losses, <laughs> where, um, you're exactly. up there, you're spending, you're spending a lot of time, uh, Mm-hmm. Knee deep in mud, going through the bush looking for uh, your quarry, and um, a lot of times you have that that near shot. Um, there's that always that pesky branch you step on and scare everything away. And <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't think Roland has to worry about that, but um, it's it's part of hunting and sort of the mm-hmm. the thrill of the hunt. Um, whereas you just get other people, they'll they'll jump on a motorbike with a rifle and they'll just ride through the bush until they find something and ch- sort of chase it down and kill it and just no, no sport. Yeah, that's not fun. I, I see no I see no joy in being in just 
going out there and just to shoot something. I, yeah. I take joy in being in nature, and I take joy in being part of nature, you know? And being in hunting is one way a human can be part of nature. Yep. We are we are predators, you know? And before we before we lose our uh, our vegan <laughs> listeners or uh, <laughs> anything like that, um, the meats the meats kept none of the animal goes to waste. It's it's not yeah. to, we're not it's not to I, shoot, I, take I, a photo, and leave. I always bring it to my local butcher. I never just shoot and just for. I mean, I I will take the head, but usually kind of that actually kind of grosses me out. So. I usually have the guy throw that away or, or keep or do whatever he wants with it. I say I don't want that, but the meat is really good. I I remember when I was a kid, the first time I had venison was this girl. She used to go hunting with her dad, and she brought in dirk, uh, deer jerky, and it was really really good. Yep. Anyway, back to the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Lost World minute, minutes jerky recipes for venison. <laughs> um so yeah it's sort of it's it's interesting this this scene was cut from the film um it wasn't in the shooting in the pre-san diego script um so it was something that was added later on mm-hmm. it, it does introduce the characters quite well um it we get a lot more of rj which is great and yeah the, uh, just the sort of stuff between the two of them you know they're seasoned um, seasoned hunters they've been doing it for a long time now there was always a speculation going around that this might have been a gay couple but um, you mentioned before that uh, Roland's actually got a wedding ring around his neck he does yes um, that we can clearly he's got see a, he's oh. got a gold band wedding, wedding ring and some kind of like round uh, I think it's silver trinket it's on a beaded chain hmm yeah, and it's not hidden. Um, we see no. it, we see it pretty clearly, and same with Ludlow in the opening scene where he's on the radio. His hand is up, and there's a clear wedding band there, looking at the screen. Which I don't know what Spielberg was going for, but um, uh, just probably give the character some little background. Yeah, you know, it, it adds up. It does add depth to the character when you see that kind of stuff. It doesn't say it tells you that is he okay? He's married, okay. Does he? Have, it brings up the question: Do they have kids? Do they? <clears throat> are, their, are their wives living or dead? Mm. You know. It just makes it sadder later on if he's demised. Did he leave anyone behind? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that, but yeah, you're right. The Mombasa scene. I don't know where that would have come in the uh, in the finished film. If it would be before they go to Eddie's workshop, maybe in between. That's that's what I wanted to mention. Was um. And the when they air the uh, full extended cut on Sci-Fi and TNT and channels like that, they um, usually include it right after, um, or right yeah, right before Eddie's shop and right after John, the John Hammond scene. Okay. Yeah, that seems to be where it would fit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always speculate that it was cut because of pacing. The Lost World is one of those movies where you got to choose between. Where the editor had to choose between, do I want good pacing or do I want good character development? And a lot of character development just gets sacrificed in this movie because you gotta because a lot of movies been edited so that it's paced better. Mm. And there's one of those things that I love about the scene is that we do get more Ajay. 
because it kind of feels like that without the scene and in general uh, in the, the way that the movie is cut we don't get a lot of Ajay and he's kind of delegated to the side character that we don't really know much about that would make me sad because I like the character yeah know? yeah yeah and it's sort of it doesn't because um, he's he's sort of shifted to so much of a side character it doesn't really give him much um, much explanation of what happens later on in the long grass and all that but yeah. It's sort of bringing in, um, bringing in Dita, Peter Stromare's character, um, sort of comes in and takes over what RJ should have been doing. I feel. Yeah, right. Um, but it's it's Peter Stromare. I love him and everything. So. <laughs> I like him as the crazy Russian in uh, <laughs> Armageddon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He does. He does serve a similar role in Bad Boys too, as well. But. Um, I've never seen that one actually. Yeah. We get the end of the monologue. We get an okay, and Ludlow replies okay, and cut to the Hummer and motorbike jumping over an obstacle. Um, yeah, it's like a small hill or something. I'm not sure where they shot that. It's not at the it's not at the Patrick's Point uh, spot, so I'd have to say it's probably at Fieldbrook. They shot that launch, and then they'd go back, and you can see the shot of Roland when he's giving commands, and he says, um, like, the you know, the prior tuck is coming up on your right or something like that. <laughs> yep. And um, that's, that's shot at Fieldbrook because you can see the ferns laying on the ground. Uh, I'm sorry, not Fieldbrook. That's shot at Patrick's Point. You can see the ferns on the ground behind them and the trees. Yeah, well, I definitely feel that um, that would have been a prop, a jump that they've brought in. It wouldn't be a natural obstacle. They've dressed the front of it to look like ferns and maybe a fallen log, but... Um, when that yeah, when that Hummer hits the ground, you can see metal. It's they're pretty they're, they're pretty bulletproof, but they do have to uh, adhere to the laws of physics and gravity. And when that thing comes back down, it comes down on such yeah. a steep angle that um. And that's a it's a heavy ma- piece of machinery, so yeah, that yep. is coming down hard, and it's and some pieces are going to fall off, and it definitely can't be good for the shocks. No, no. So I I dare say that's their first vehicle out of action. Um, <laughs> Without no, we even... do see later, um, or it might be a different Hummer that we see, where it has the uh, satellite, the satellite dish linked up to it. Yeah, well, there's there's a couple. There's that one with the satellite dish on the back of it, which we don't see before then. Um, and you got a couple here that have just sort of got a, a light cage rail going around the rear, the rear mm-hmm. bed. Um, more so just so people don't fall out of the back than actually housing uh, animals. I think that one may have been one of the Unamogs, actually. Oh, okay, yep, yep. So, yeah, um, and that's... We get a, uh, a pretty heavy screen flare. Oh, screen flare. Um, lens flare. Lens flare. And um, <laughs> we get the, the command... I'll, I'll call it the command jeep, um, racing into a herd, and you got the radio um, for the cycle to flush a stray or straggler to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the minute ends, but um, we're sort of going that, into the herd. Yeah, another thing I do love about um, the command jeep here is how it's 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 the same kind of jeep as what uh, Burke and his assistant are in, but it has the ghillie net over it, and mm. I love that kind of... I love the ghillie net more so as, here than as a set dressing. Yeah, yeah. Because we do see it around in the first Jurassic Park and in this Jurassic Park, being used to dress the sets at night so that you can, can't really see the um, <laughs> studio behind it. Yep. 
And another thing I love about this is Lemuel's got his own personal little chair in the back there. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to build one of these Jeeps and have that own little personal chair in the back there, like a private chauffeur. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. that's it. And it sort of it helps that um, uh, Roland can be in the front in the passenger seat. He can stand up. Um, yeah. Have a good view of what's going on. He's got the headset on mm-hmm. with the communications, the radio. Um, mm-hmm. Now he, oh, he just okay. says cycle, so I'm, he, he's talking to one motorbike, or unless all the motorbikes are classified as team cycle. Um, Maybe I'm not sure. I think there might just be the one motorbike. I'm not sure. Or is there? No, I thought there was a couple. Was there? Yeah. I will we'll find. We'll definitely find out when we get to later minutes. Um, all right. Yeah, I thought there was more than one, but then it sort of then it leads to the whole issue we get when we get to base camp and everything being sabotaged. Because mm-hmm. um, a motorcycle is pretty much what you'd want to uh, go across country to the operations building. Yeah, really. But, um, and of course, also looking at these jeeps, they got the ga- they got extra gas strapped to the side there. They got um, butter butterfly doors, and that's I love those. Those are like the epitome of cool. Yeah. And then looking at the Outrigger Jeep, there's, um, they've, they've actually, the Command Jeep and the, and Burke's Jeep actually have the, uh, spare tire strapped to the back of the Jeep, like on a normal one. Mm-hmm. But the Outrigger actually has the roll, the roll cage goes all the way, extends all the way back to, uh, to the back of the frame. And the spare tire is actually in the front of the mm-hmm. Jeep. It acts almost like a bumper for it. Yeah, it's just it's just sort of subtle little changes between each Jeep design. Because um, mm-hmm. I think Burke's as well has got sort of a... Um, it's, it hasn't got a door, it's just got a steel frame uh, that... Yeah, it might, yeah. That opens up sort of like the De- DeLorean, not the Gullwing. Yeah. It's just a steel frame just opens up, which is quite cool as well. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the um, third type that we see is this enclosed Jeep that Carter hides behind when they're... Uh, when they're rounding up the Paxocephalosaurus in the next minute here. Yeah. He has to be on the door, and then the Packy smashes into the door, and he rolls out the other side. He rolls out from the passenger side and out the driver's side door. Yep. And so they got it's got a gilling net on the top. It's got the gas tank strapped to the back, so I'm not actually sure where this Jeep has its, um, its spare tire. Might be underneath it or something. I'm not sure, mm. but it has... A full enclosed, and it's so it looks like it's a normal Jeep with a hard, this normal hard top Jeep that they really didn't do much to. They, it looks like they took out the windshield and put the um, graded windshield there, and it has the um, the bars over the over the front of it. But that seems to be about all they did to it. Well, that's the same with some of the Unimogs as well. Like they didn't really go overboard customization they put some bars across the windscreen that's it <laughs> like there's yeah. no there's no door protection um and like they're they're pretty um pretty bad already as they are before they get yeah, modified yeah. like this but um yeah. and there's shots of the unlocks uh, i'll put up um on our facebook page that shows that there's this one unimog that they um you can see I don't know if it's at Universal or because it looks like there's a guy dressed as Indiana Jones riding <laughs> in the in the driver's seat. 
and I'll, I'll put the pictures up, um, find them in my uh, thing, and I'll put the pictures up on Facebook, but it's not like the uh, Unimog that we typically see. Yep. It's, we saw in this minute. It's got a full enclosed back to it, and so um, just wanted to bring that up, I guess. Yep. No, there's a lot of lot of concept art out there. We can uh, post a lot, post some of it up in the group uh, on the page as well. Um, just of Unimogs with sort of uh, masts, with a, I'm guessing the sniper or something or a lookout goes up in. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of other sort of containment vehicles, there's the uh, the garbage truck type one, and um, because that's one thing that's sort of missing here. Nothing really looks, nothing says containment. Nothing's got a cage. Like animal no. cage. Um, later, when we get the scene with the snagger getting the packy, there's no look. There's confusion. Okay, does that um, lift it up and put it in to another jeep? Does it put it into the back of its own bed? Question: You don't see any cages on. They didn't bring any of the cages with them on the game trail, so yeah, you have to assume they're back at base camp. Which yeah. begs the question: How did they uh, how did they wrangle these big animals once they uh, got them down and stick them into these cages? Well, the classic one, which we see at the end of this sequence, the Pachycephalus, uh, the Paracelophus, like, where's that going? Where, what? Exactly, that's a big animal. That's, you'd that's almost a... want, you almost want a big cage like the Tyrannosaur we see later on a truck. Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's why, and we'll get to it later on with the way timing is and that, I, I believe the adventure's already here. It has to be. No, yes, yeah, really. The SS Venture has to be already here with its cargo. Um, there's a team already unloading it and setting up base camp now while these guys are out. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's just, as I said earlier, seven helicopters, only six of them carrying equipment that we see. And now they're all, everyone's here, everyone's set up. Yet there's no cages, no containment equipment apart from the snagger, which, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to in the yeah, next minute. Yeah, and of course the um, storyboards and concept art actually go into this. You we as the helicopter is leaving Isla Sorna that the that the uh, survivors are in, we see if well, after it flies over the um, Tyrannosaurus, we can see it flying in uh, towards a dock, and at the dock is the SS Venture. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's also um, also at the dock uh, we also see. In this concept art, one of those um, special helicopters where nobody rides in, it's just the cockpit. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, uh, Ericsson Skycrane. Yeah, one of those. Um, and it's lifting the cage up, and that's how they got the cage onto the SS Venture. Yeah. Well, again, we've. Um, and it's sort of. This is going into high heels nitpicking territory here, but um, mm-hmm. we've never seen a dock, what the sauna dock looked like, whether there's cranes, whether the cranes are still functional. Um, yeah, true. All that sort of stuff. Like, okay, if uh, if you can get a Chinook in to lift a Hummer, uh, lift a Unimog, then I'm sure you can get to lift a T-Rex or a larger animal. A, a, a T-Rex weighs uh, six or seven tons her, himself, mm. and then he put the weight of, the, of a full metal cage... On top of that, that's another... Well, yeah, no bit of the same weight again. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to busting out of that thing if it wakes up. Oh, wait, it does. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and it's just little little things like that that annoy me. Like, <laughs> I know, as you said before, they'll, they'll cut and stuff for pacing, so there's no way they're going to include all this other stuff just to fill in these holes. But mm-hmm. 
that's 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 why we uh, as fans can sort of make up our own stuff and go along with that. Yeah, right. Until one day we get something reintroduced into the films, mm-hmm. which may or may not about will come up in Jurassic World Two. Jurassic World, I shouldn't have to call it Jurassic World Two Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else on minute thirty-four you want to bring up before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. Radio. Alright guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way. End of last year, a female police officer was out on uh, enjoying the night off duty. Mm-hmm. Oh. Siri, why did that set Siri off? <laughs> I can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can turn me off instead. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, keep that for the outtakes. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> what did I say, officer? Off duty? I don't. How does any of that set Siri off? <laughs> oh, well. All right, I'll try that again. Um, <laughs> an off-duty police officer was out enjoying her night off, and uh, 